Blog Talk Radio. What up? What up, fam? It's the end of the year, and we're here. So, it's the end of the year was Pizza Simpson, the one, the only, yours truly, Brian Rails. On your hot nine seven? No, that's my word. Nope. Right here on Wrestle Radio Network. How's it go? Yes. Sir, this is Pizza Simpson. We are doing our year-end report, and we're going to be going through uh, the year-end awards, and we're going to be talking to you about the best of in wrestling, and um, this should be a fun episode, folks. So, are you ready, Brian? Oh, yeah, I'm definitely ready. Just let me... uh... Let's see, are are you already? I mean, because... I'm ready, my guy. My hot cocoa is nice and hot. And my monster is monstrous. And his monster is monstrous. I am just ready for you. We turned on the fucking camera a little bit soon, but... Uh, we're here. We're here, and we're going to do this episode for you, brother. Let's get started. Yay! Yes, sir. And I'm gonna start the I'm gonna start the night off with worst match of the year. And my worst match of the year is Bobby Lashley versus Goldberg. And I'm not gonna pick a match, but I'm just gonna say them they sucked. And what's horrible is Lashley had a great year and Goldberg was shoehorned in. And, um, yeah, they had some shitty fucking matches, man. Um, their, their, uh, SummerSlam match sucked ass and their crown, their crown jewels match wasn't that great either. So, Brian, what do you got? Okay. So first, let's see here. Let me open my phone here, folks. All right. So. The MVP, or actually, did you say worst match of the year? Worst match of the year, Brian. Ooh, okay. Let me um, give my sentiment before I start. All right, let's see here. Um, worst match of the year. All right, quiet, you. Look, worst match of the year, Andrade El Idolo versus Cody Rhodes on AEW Dynamite. Why a burning table spot, Miss Rhodes? Do you not know you only need two drops on the table? And two, dear Lord, there was no buildup for that, and there's no rhyme or reason for that at all, that spot, okay? So if you're going to light yourself on fire, take notes from Cody Rhodes. Yeah, that match was a little ridiculous because it's like, why are you guys so mad at each other that you're lighting each other on fire? And Andrade El Idolo had to put Cody out, dude, during the pin. It was so bad. If you have to put your opponent out in the middle of the match, this is and the fake gel on the back. Screw you for that. If we're really wanting to be disingenuous 
let's not go on tangent, but let's just say that was the worst match of the year from my from Rails's perspective, okay? You know, I think that it, with uh, Cody Rhodes, there's a lot of force, this and that, and yeah, putting himself through fire was definitely not worth it. Um, and the, especially that uh, they had to include his uh, wife in it, who had to light the uh, light the table on fire. Dude, Lita did a much better job at WrestleMania. Okay, with Edge and Foley, that moment. There's lots of moments where tables have been lit on fire in the indies, okay? In death matches. In regular hardcore wrestling matches, did a much better job than that shit. Okay? Just saying. You know, I, I don't mind. You know, I've, uh, I, as you know, I'm a very big fan of deathmatch wrestling. Yeah. But, um,. I didn't think that needed to have forced deathmatch elements in it. I mean, if you have, like, the golden shovel, like, really, that's the symbolism, folks, that we don't know already, that he's taking, like, several shots at Hunter or Triple H. And so, sure, Triple H didn't give two shits. And three, why was it the worst match ever? We just stated the reasons. You don't need to be disingenuous with your audience. And two, man, fuck, I'm going to need a fucking beer. Just talking about this mess okay i had to endure watching that and eight, the rest of the show was fine but that one particular match made me go why <laughs> just why you know i uh i felt like cody and andrade's feud was just forced in general but here let's pick your name out of the hat boys uh okay andrade you you and i could have really good matches brother that's probably what it sounded like. Or he's like, oh, yeah, man, you really show me something. I bet we could work really well together. I just don't think that he really grasped the concept of let things be organic. Because if you don't, man, you really force them yourself on the audience. That's like forcing, you know, someone to like you. And if they don't want to be your friend, then why? <laughs> just why? Yes. Yes, yes. So, uh, worst match of the year for me, Goldberg versus Lashley, you, Andrade, versus Cody Rose. And um, let's go into the next match, uh, next category. Which would be, okay. So, I don't know. Let's, let's, you want to do MVP? I, no, no, no. I got you. I'll host this. Hit it with the sound. Okay, all right. Hit it with the sound. I will. Give me a moment. Okay. Okay, I want to go into comeback of the year. What's your comeback of the year, Brian? My comeback of the year was probably, wow, my goodness, CM Punk. Because he hadn't wrestled in how many, seven years, or actually close to, wow, seven years. Mm-hmm. And he came back and absolutely floored it in all aspects, man. Promos, wrestling uh, Eddie Kingston, wrestling, you know, different people like Darby Allen, And he, he could have said, oh, I only want a part-time schedule. But this dude fucking went into the trenches and just reinvigorated love for... Uh, you know, I agree with you. Yeah. I feel like... I feel like CM Punk very much jumped 
straight in and was very much gung-ho just match after match and that that um that jump that jump off feud with Darby was actually fantastic fantastic the goal of you know um, is he's like a simple formula if I don't entertain you I'm not doing a John Punk said fuck it I'm going to enter, not only entertain you but I'm going to wow you he went above and beyond dude in this comeback. Yeah, and kudos to AEW for bringing CM Punk back from from retirement because CM Punk was all but gone, bro. He really didn't give two shits because, I mean, let's see, he was on Raw Talk and he didn't, people were like, well, I'm sure that him and Triple H are going to cross paths. Well, of course they did. They just, you know, were peaceful, hi, hello, how are you, and getting a paycheck again, and I remember when he came back to WWE, Paige goes, am I being punked? Am I unpunked right now? When they heard his music, they're like, no way. It was different when he went to AEW, actually got to put on the wrestling gear and fucking wrestle. It was it was awesome when he came back. Yes, 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 yes. CM Punk, was, CM Punk coming back was absolutely fantastic, but I want to honestly say, my comeback of the year was Matt Cardona. Oh yeah, Matt Cardona has has had a fantastic run on the independents and really has embraced his role on the independents. You know what I mean? To be a pretty boy heel and just actually get you know, it gets eaten up by the crowd and the crowd falls for it every fucking time. He does his job, man, and the fact that he has feud with Nick Gage. That was that was golden. I think that I think that like Nick. I mean, I think that like Matt left AE. I mean, um, when Matt left WWE, he just really just realized like the world is his, the world is his oyster. You know what I mean? When you leave WWE, not that I know how that feels, but uh, or not that you know. Let's just say this. When you leave a company that you weren't really being used in, or not that he wasn't being used in, but barely making it on the mid-card shows and being used as a comical relief in some instances with the 24-7 title. Not even, bro. Like, like Zack Ryder was all but, like, done on the roster. I think there was literally – yeah, you're right. He was done on the roster. But I remember being at WrestleMania 32 – and seeing um, him win the Intercontinental title for a day. For a day. That's how fucked up that was. And um, he deserves so much better. And you know what? Sometimes it takes leaving a company. It doesn't have to be WWE necessarily. But he found his own happiness. I mean, if he's producing booze or, you know, I hate, fucking hate you, blah, blah, blah. Job well done, dude. You're doing awesome. Yeah. Matt left WWE and has really made the most of his run on the independence where he gone on to had that fantastic death match against Nick Gage where he just really embraced who he was and was crying during his match and 
went on to TNA Impact, where I believe he is the Impact Champion now. I think there was a show last night, and he defeated Moose for the Impact Championship, I believe. Wow, you say he just beat Moose? Yeah, so Matt Cardona is having just a fantastic run and just really just relishing his time on the independence and making the most of it. Um, let's go into uh let's go into our next award. Happy clap, cheer, cheer. Um who would you say is your most improved? Hmm. Okay. <sighs> most improved, most improved. This is how cocoa was hitting. This is how this is how chocolate, folks. That's great stuff, man. I believe I should say Cora Jade because she wasn't, you know, really in the limelight at NXT. They put her in a match, and then she must have she must have caught attention from you know the higher ups, and she really she's showing more. She's able to gain empathy from the crowd. She's doing her thing, man. She's doing great. She before was very shy and really didn't really didn't pop much for me. I mean. Where where did Cora Jade come from? Because I've uh, heard she had a good year for NXT. I honestly, I cannot tell you where she came from, to be honest, folks. I just took notice of her when she got to WWE. Sorry. Um, I'm sure that you got a little bit more tidbits for her when we get a little bit later in the show. Um, what were we on? Um, rookie of the year. Um, my rookie of the year was Sadika for the ladies and Justin Kyle for the guys. Those two had fucking fantastic years for ICW. Sadika, who had just a slobber knocker against Kimberly who was leaving WWE at the time and for um, ICW's just great little weekend where they were just chilling in New Jersey and they had standalone wrestling. Oh, wow. Yeah, they had just like a great little weekend where they were just chilling on the boardwalk. But one of the standout matches from that weekend was Sadika and Kimberly, and then Sadika had two fantastic matches against John Wayne Murdoch, the American Deathmatch champion. Uh, next after that, for the men, I want to say rookie of the year was Justin Kyle, the ultra fight beast. Justin Kyle, who every time he stepped into the chains for ICW, it was a fucking, absolute fucking goddamn slobber knocker where he beat the shit out of people. Holy fuck. Wow. He beat the shit out of people. I, let's say, okay, I've got three standalone rookies for me. They all come from NXT. And I'm going to say the following. Grayson Waller. Cora Jade and Carmella Hayes. Um, yes, yes, yes. Didn't Grayson Waller just um 
put Justin. I mean, didn't he just put um, Gargano. Gargano out of um, NXT for the time being? Mm-hmm, because Gargano's going to be a daddy. But I think that, uh, like, Grayson Waller, to me, he stands out because, you know, it just seems like of all the things, he went from comical, I'm happy Australian dude to I will beat your ass and I don't care. Carmelo Hayes is just that dude that has the arrogance, has that, you know, he has that charisma about him that just stands alone for me. And Cora Jade, wow, girly. You're like the, don't take this the wrong way. But to me, you're like the stoner version of, of Bailey. It's kind of, it's like the second coming of Bailey, but in a, I mean, not to say that Bailey can't fly or do moonsaults or anything, but like to me, this, it kind of just is reminiscent of when, and wonder if these two will ever have a match when Bailey comes back. But you know what? Those three, Cora Jade, uh, Carmelo Hayes, and Grayson Waller, because they, to me, say, I'm different, and I don't care, and I'm going to stand in line and still do my thing. They're doing a good thing, I believe. So, Carmelo Hayes has a lot of charisma, and he's, like, really reading as the second coming of the, second coming of the rock, you know? Yes. I'm getting, like, rock vibes. I uh, like that... Uh, that uh, charisma is shining through with Carmelo Hayes because in the land of the of the in the land of the giants that that is WWE, you have to have a lot of charisma to uh, compensate for your lack of size. I mean, when you got guys running around like Duke Hudson or Andre Chase, or for guys who haven't heard, yes. Steiner's boys in there, Braun Breaker. They gave him the name Braun Breaker. But like he's saying, when you have guys and gals like Raquel Gonzalez or guys like, well, Keep going. that, uh, you know, let's see here, Duke Hudson or Cameron Grimes isn't that big. But you know what? In a world full of giants, as he was saying, I firmly believe that if you can stand out and make a name for yourself – it's not no longer the black and gold brand, damn it. Okay, NXT 2.0 is headed in definitely a different direction. So when I say these three are standouts, could they have a future on main roster someday? Sure. I just thought of something. If Bailey and Cora Jade had a match, wow, would it be as magical as Sasha and Bailey? No, probably not. But Grayson Waller uh, definitely, you know, it didn't take much to get him in the groove of his character and how he presents himself in front of the NXT 2.0 audience in Orlando practically every Tuesday. Um, when it comes to Carmelo Hayes, it's like, I, you know, when my partner said second coming of the Rock, that for me... I'm, I'm very nitpicky with characters. That, for me, will come in time. But um, as far as production-wise, these three can help carry NXT with their with their cohorts that they're around. So, not rambling. That's all I can say on those three. And you know what? It's amazing that we're at the end of the year awards and we're talking about the future of pro wrestling. Those three are just a, they're just a sliver of the future of pro wrestling. Okay, okay, okay. 
And the next award. The next award. Okay, clappy clap. That's a horrible sound effect. Hit me with the sound. Yeah. Okay. Okay, I want to go straight into most improved. I want to give that straight to Britt Baker. I think Britt Baker um, really had a kind of like... A breakout year. Yeah, just had a breakout year, bro. She kind of stumbled a little bit and had some injury issues. But after she after she found her footing after the... Uh, um, the run with Thunder Rosa, she just really just took off and ran. I mean, comparatively speaking to other female groups in pro wrestling history with Britt Baker, she definitely has promo skills. Um, she definitely will give you a show. And, um, you know, like he said, she did stumble a little bit with injury, but, you know, she's one of those people that, even I hate to admit this, I don't, I, I really. With Britt Baker. You're in, you're, you're in. Impression. You're in, my friend. Okay, you're in. Let's focus on the fact that she's still champion. Mm-hmm. She's still drawing an ire, you know, not an ire, but she's drawing an audience. That's pretty hard to do in wrestling as a female because unless you were, like, back in, the, you know, days of Trish Stratus and Lita, or let's even go further, uh, you know, not further back, but let's even fast forward it to the, the eras with the divas and now the golden, not the golden era, but the era with the uh, four horsewomen. So where does Britt Baker stand? I think that she has definitely improved, you know, she had a great year yeah. and just really had a great run at her match against uh, Ruby Soho and Chris Stantlander. We're all really good. Who is your, who is your, uh, who is your um, uh, most improved? Okay, that's a tie. Cora Jane and Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis used to be this really oddball, and he kind of just was like, okay, what's your character? Are you serious? Do you, you know, when you had the NXT breakout tournament, and we really didn't, the audience or NXT didn't really know who he was. And also, I have some AEW most improved. So for me, most improved probably would be. Hmm, I'm going to say, it's hard to say because they improved. Oh, Darby Allen. Darby Allen, for me, in AEW has improved because didn't have direction until Sting got there, in my humble opinion. And two, um, well, I kind of agree with you on Britt Baker because she lacked uh, something. I have to really, I'm tired, folks. My brain is not functioning quite, even with the monster, damn it. So, like, most improved would be Dexter Lewis and Cora Jade. Jade because she seemed like this really shy female that was like, okay, what's your character? Where, what direction are we headed? What are you? Where are you from? What are you about? Dexter Loomis. Even though his character is scary and comical, you kind of know now, like he's got a weird offensive style. He's just intimidating to you know to a bunch of dudes that really don't want to face off with him. Darby Allen has always been crazy, batshit insane. He just needed a GPS like me. Needed this GPS right here. Okay. Darby Allen's always been great, but to me, I think Sting gives him more oomph, more, yeah. more like direction, if you will. So I think. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Okay, yeah. so uh, best face. Um, who would you say is your best face of the year, bro? Hangman Page by far. 
You know, <laughs> I got to agree with you, bro. Yeah. Like, they did a, AEW did a fantastic job of building that match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Hit it, hit it. Oh, oh. Hit it. Okay, so let's see. For, yeah, that a round of applause for, for uh, Hangman Page, uh, my homie's um, face of the year. They made you really want to see that match, man. I okay, yeah. The hype and build up when they were in Minneapolis, and the like, the Tron was showing Hangman Page, and before Jr. had his uh, chemo and shit. Like, the way JR hypes up um, a match or Mar Ronello or Bruce Buffer, it was just great. Cause it just it, got you ready. It just got you hyped for the match, period, because Kenny Omega's like the outlaw. The dude you, like, comes into the saloon in the old westerns, and he's, like, bullying everybody around. And then Hangman Page is the sheriff that's been missing for a while. And so it's kind of like a real-life western come to fruition, if you will, because Kenny Omega's the dark-haired villain. Here comes uh, Sandy, brown-haired, tall dude who's willing to take the title off, off uh, Kenny Omega and their match, dude, was just great. Yeah. You know, I really think that AEW did a great job of building Adam Page, and I think the match lived up to the hype. So very much, I think that the face. I agree with you. Um, Adam Page is a great choice or uh, face of the year. My face of the year is Nick Fucking Gage, man. Nick Fucking Gage is a maniac, and he makes guys go absolutely ballistic every time he comes to the ring. So just that raw emotion. I haven't seen in such a long time, and I just love that. Gage had a fucking following in prison, dude, and like they were getting letters every day when he was locked up. When he came out, you know, story goes, it's just Nick Gage. He got in trouble again, but his whole mantra as a deathmatch wrestler, he says. Well, you know, deathmatch wrestling isn't uh, real wrestling, and he says, "No, man, yeah, it is. It's still there's still an art form to it, and Nick Gage brings to light a lot of shit. So like, when he's telling a fucking story, whatever he is, you know, whether it be GCW or wherever the fuck he is or resides, I agree with him because like, you can't coach or train. Um, what Nick Gage is willing to do. The dude wanted to wrestle after losing a shit ton of blood, man. Yes, man. Yes. I love Nick Gage, and my... Alright. Let's see here. Oh. Are you paused? Why are you paused? Why? Okay, never mind, folks, we're having technical difficulties here. But um, I got, you know, one little fix this. While I'm fixing it, I'm just going to say, Nick Gage is an awesome dude. And but Yeah, my face of the year, my face of the year is Nick fucking Gage. And we're going to go into the next award. And my next... 
That all pops up, folks. No harm done. <laughs> My next award is going to go for Feud of the Year, and Feud of the Year is going to be the 440 Faction versus the H2O um, Federation. <clears throat> uh, uh, Ricky Shane Page's crew basically took over Matt Tremont's fed. H2O and kicked their ass and took all their fucking belts and uh, that was uh, the basics of pro wrestling like they didn't need uh, any a lot of money they just needed good writing and that's what this was 440 versus 440 versus H2O and the other feud of the year I want to say was Thunder Rosa versus Britt Baker that was a long blood feud that culminated in that insane last, uh, that insane street fight or whatever that gimmick match was. Fucking awesome! Fucking awesome! What was your what was your uh, what was your feud what was your feud of the year? My feud of the year was Hangman Page and Kenny Omega because every now and again it it would be like Hangman Page would give like teasers and be like I'm coming for you dude and I want to ta- or go on board with Britt Baker Thunder Rosa because I would love to see those two go at it again because I'm pretty sure the only you know it's good to have a champion who is a heel and can draw an audience it's also good to have a heel like Britt Baker who can match up with anybody. It doesn't matter if you put Riho with her. It doesn't matter if you put uh, Shida with her or um, Sarita Deeb. Right. She can literally match with anybody you put in front of her. So when they put Thunder Rosa, it's just like Cornette said in Dark Side of the Ring, you know, you have two country singers. They've never met each other. When they get in the studio to record, it's magic. It turns into magic. It's a duet that fits perfect. So that would be my two top feuds of the year. Okay, okay, I like that. I like that. Uh, Brawler of the year. Let's crank some of these out. Brawler of the year. Eric Ryan from Four Four O, who had just an absolutely blood soaked year with his uh, runs with. the tag team champions, um, Beverly, Bobby Beverly in H2O and his um, going deep into the King of the Deathmatch tournament and his absolutely blood, blood-soaked feud with John Wayne Murdoch. So, Brawler of the Year, I want to give to Eric Ryan. Okay, kid, who's your uh, who's your brawler of the year? This dude needs to be given free reigns, dude. Eddie Kingston. He really, he's connected not only with the article he wrote, but you want true on full-on connection, yo. You want somebody that can go with the best. He didn't see him punks match, man. <laughs> Let me just tell you, you want a Brooklyn brawler and not the one that used to wear Yankees jerseys back in WWF. 
this dude, Eddie Kingston, sincerity is what I'm looking at, bro. His fists come with sincerity. He hits you hard like, you know, Japanese style. He'll hit you hard fisticuffs. He'll hit you from a mile away. He just fucking hits a home run with fans because none of we can relate. But, like, for me, I haven't seen a brawler like him in quite some time in pro wrestling since Bruiser Brody. I'm not going to make that comparison because Bruiser Brody was in a league of his own, but wow. Um, yeah, Eddie Kingston had a great year for AEW and made the most of every moment he was on television. Um, okay, okay, from the studio audience, we're going to go into our next uh, we're going to go into our next award, uh, High Flyer of the Year. Who is your High Flyer of the Year, kid? Um, I'm going to go with a wild card here. I know a lot of people are going to say why, but I will say Dante Martin. You are a guy that has the potential of meeting, feeling the needs of High Flyer and AEW. There's a lot of High Flyers. There's no question there's a lot of High Flyers. You've got Darby Allen. You've got Pac. You've got Andrade El Idolo, Malachi Black. Even though he's a set of versions, Cody can fly too. Uh, Hangman Page can. But, like I said, I'm going to narrow it down. Dante Martin for sure because he does moves and make the crowd literally every time doesn't matter. They say, whoa, you know. And that, to me, defines high fire. Oh, we'll say, let's see here. No, because Darby does so much crazy shit. doesn't really count for me. But Dante Martin, for sure. Dante Martin, excellent choice. Excellent choice. Let's crank some of these out. Uh, I'm going to take Pac for my high flyer of the year. Um, Let's go into tag team of the year. I took FTR. Who'd you take? I took the same team because they're not basic or bland. Uh, it's because they're your man. Can't wait to see what they do next, tag team. Yeah, for sure. So, yeah, FCR had a great run this year when. FCR had a great run this year, and they are currently locked in that longstanding rivalry with the Lucha Brothers. My uh, promo of the year was was that fantastic that fantastic promo battle between CM Punk and MJF that just took place in Chicago not too recently. Yeah, for sure, dude. CM Punk and MJF. <laughs> MJF's like, say somebody's name. Insert some t- or certain town's name here. And CM Punk just waited, just stewed on the whole fucking thing, and lit him up like a firecracker on the Fourth of July. I'm gonna tell you, it's been a while since I've seen a promo battle like that. I agree. Um, my spot of the year was. At the IWA uh, Carnage Cup, when Juicy Bruce, big fat fat boy legend Juicy Bruce, 
climbed to the top of a U-Haul truck and was going to jump off the U-Haul truck. And instead of jumping off the U-Haul truck, he thought better of it. And when he got stared, when he got down down after U-Haul truck, he had a seizure because the fear took over him and uh, made him sick on the spot. Uh, what was your spot of the year? That's pretty crazy. <laughs> sick on the, not to laugh at that, but still, you know. Okay. Hey, my spot of the year belongs to Cora Jade at NXT War Games, or NXT 2.0 War Games. Uh, she did a corkscrew moonsault on top of the table, and the way she twisted, so majestic, folks. Like, you yes. have no idea. Like, when somebody does a moonsault, and they land on the table, cool. But they, this was no ordinary moonsault. She, like... Looks like a figure skater beating some ass. I mean, that's kind of yes. a weird analogy, but it's, you know, my spot of the heat. Okay, okay. Hit the sound. <laughs> yes, sir. As you hear, the studio audience is going crazy. And uh, we're going to go to our next awards. Uh, uh, my next award for worst moment of the year, Becky Lynch squashing Bianca Belair at SummerSlam. Hit it. I will, yep. What a shitty moment, bro. They, like, spent all year building Bianca Belair and then just fed her to Lynch. Lynch. And, uh, yeah, uh, Bianca ain't shit anymore. And off we go. Welcome back, uh, Becky uh, Becky Lynch. Yeah, it's weird. I, hmm, I have two. It kind of falls within worst spot of the year, too. So I'm going to start with Bianca Belair, Becky Lynch. Now, he and I went toe-to-toe arguing why. I'm going to tell you a little different story. When you bring a champion in like Bianca Belair and you are at Allegiant Stadium and it's a 30-second match in front of 51,776 people, there you go, there's numbers. And two, (laughs) Bianca Belair is an athlete, man. You, you can't really shove her out of the main event picture because Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch had to have their moment at Survivor Series. They just had to face each other again in Brooklyn because the fans are just clamoring to see that again. Yes. So uh, what, was your, uh, what was your worst moment of the year? Worst moment of the year? Okay. Folks, like I said, it's a tie because there there are <laughs> the second worst moment of the year. Probably, <laughs> wow! And this is revolved out of another match. It was an eight man tag. It wasn't a bad match, but <laughs> when Cody Rhodes threw his belt into the crowd in Chicago, or no, was it, yeah, was it Chicago? It was Chicago. Chicago, Illinois, and I'm just thinking to myself, wow, you try and steer away from being similar to WWE, do you? So you had yourself a John Cena one-night stand moment where the crowd literally doesn't play around with shit they don't like, especially Chicago, New York, what have you. 
So he throw, Cody throws his belt. It took maybe about five, six minutes for the crowd to get, you know, to pass it along, just throw it back. And then Cody, I don't know, it was bad, dude. The commentators, JR muttered under his breath, embarrassing. It did. You can't. If the crowd really woos and likes you, just let it be. But when Cody threw his belt in the ring, I'm just like, I don't know whether it feels bad for you or just, it was one of those laughable moments, dude. It was like the worst moment, but it's just like a comical moment for me. I'm like, (laughs) yes, sir. What a shitty moment. I think that, uh, I think that uh, the Cody Rhodes heel turn is definitely inevitable. Let's go into a big show of the year. Okay. Okay. We are going to vote for worst show of the year. And I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Crown Jewel because stop trying to make Saudi Arabia work because they kill people there for having an opinion. And yeah, I'm never going to want to go there on vacation. So stop it. Well, I has two. I'm allowed to have two worst big shows. One of those, hmm, they say WrestleMania 37, or since 38 hasn't happened yet. WrestleMania 37, actually three. I like folks. Three. Three bad shows. And there, WWE's Crown Jewel, because like he said, there's really no reason to making the Saudi version of WrestleMania, because that's essentially what it is. And why is it they get not the quality matches we're looking for, but why the hell didn't they not wrestle like that stateside? They don't wrestle like that stateside, huh? Well, okay. My question to you then is, speaking of horrible, horrible shows, the draft. The show after the draft. Why even bother having a draft? They cannot go to another show. Why were they on... Raw. Why was SmackDown on Raw the night after? You you guys really dropped the ball on that one. And it's not to sound like totally critics, but we are. That's what we do. We're podcasters. We are we are media. Okay? The reason why WrestleMania 37 was so shit-tastic spelled the end for one of my favorite wrestlers that was no is no longer in WWE, Bray Wyatt. Also, WrestleMania 37 was so bad because you hyped up Sasha Banks and Bianca Belair to make history, quote-unquote. And Bianca wins the championship. She may have been in WrestleMania. Cool. Only to lose 30 seconds at uh, SummerSlam. Um, Crown Jewel. Let's just fast-track that one. McIntyre, I mean, if you put him in the mix with Lashley, it would have been none over. But they put Goldberg and Lashley together. That's just are, – are you trying to win the heart of the prince of Saudi Arabia who helped fund the show? I mean, it brings up a fair point. We had the greatest Royal Rumble one year at Crown Jewel. We have half fucking asleep until – thank you, Titus O'Neil. 
So, like, yeah, those three. Sorry, I go off tangent, folks. But, like, to me, those three shows were the worst. Imagine sitting through it. I've had to sit through several shit-tastic manias. That one I was glad I wasn't in Tampa for. Do you know why? They had it two nights. Two. Crown Jewel, thank God, didn't go two nights because I would have said the following. If you really want to push your shit to where it resurrects your moolah, then maybe you should think of creating a better quality product for the audience not to go ape shit or not to go totally batshit insane in a bad way over. So, long story short, those three. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We are getting late into the show here, folks. It happens. But you get the gist, folks. You get the gist. Okay. Let's go into show of the year, my friends. What's your best show of the year? Yay! Show of the year, my friend. Okay, so show of the year for me would be AEW's full year. It featured a lot of good uh, feuds like Darby Allen and JF. I mean, that one match for me probably was my favorite on the card. Um, I'd have to pull up notes, which I don't have, but I just know that show was... Amazing. That's where Hangman won the title. That's where a lot of shit went down, and it was just magic. Full Gear was a great show, top to bottom. Um, I want to say my show of the year was GCW's Homecoming Night 1 that saw the insane match of uh, Drew Parker and Alex Colon, and saw... Matt Cardona wrestling his first death match ever and defeating Nick Gage for the GCW championship. It was just ridiculous, ridiculous, ridiculous. So definitely my show of the year was GCW's homecoming night one. What was your wrestling moment of the year, my friend? Okay. This may sound like every wrestling fan is what they say about CM Punk, but I have my reasons. CM Punk's return was probably the like nostalgic moment for me because it's just like, wow, the guy that uh, he really learned a lot in professional wrestling from his early days up until now. And he's one of those guys that like for me when he returned was just, I was just, man, I got goosebumps. The CM Punk return for AEW was definitely a standout moment. What a what a great 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 moment this year. Um, what's your uh, finishing move of the year? Oh man, okay. Core Jade. I don't even know. I don't even have a name for Core Jade's finisher, but also. Um, I like Grayson Waller's uh, like springboard elbow that he does. It's kind of like it's not uh, Rocky Johnson style, but it's funny. Like he 
add some elevation to it and add some humor behind it. So I like that too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like uh, I like uh, I, I like Alistair Black's. I like Malachi Black's Black Mass. Who's your heel of the year? It's not my heel of the year, folks, would have to be Kenny Omega. Absolutely, like, the dude that, like, oh, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> There's two. Kenny Omega and MJF. Why Kenny Omega? Because, like I said, he's the bully in the schoolyard that she want to beat his ass. MJF is just a spoiled rich kid who just wears um, cardigans and, you know, khaki pants and barely fuck gets by in a match, and that's why you hate his ass. I mean, he's great. Yeah, MJF is a very, very obnoxious character, and we're getting my heel of the year was Ricky Shane Page. He had a great run with Nick Gage that culminated in the gigantic War Games match against Nick Gage and Nick Gage's guys, and he just had that big, fantastic match against. Uh, Matt Tremont. Um, so my heel of the year is definitely Ricky Shane Page. Um, our last two, our last two, our last two, um, 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 awards of the year. First off, is going to be the breakout star of the year. First off, I'm going to give it to Atticus Atticus Kogar who just bled all year long. And for the ladies, I'm going to give it to Megan Bain, the Megasis, who is probably the second coming of Charlotte Flair. So who's your uh, breakout star of the year? I'm on my own against the wall. They say that I'm never going to fall. Bianca Belair. Yeah, it's like, you want somebody that can truly be considered a star? I mean, girl. <laughs> yes. Uh, Bianca Belair had a great year. And we are at the fin- the finish, the, the end of the show, folks. The MVP of the year. Hit it one more time. Okay, for MVP of the year, I'm, for the males, I'm going to give it to John Wayne Murdoch, who who just had an absolutely disgusting year that was absolutely blood-soaked, and it was just Ah, it was just awful, 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 awful. Oh, in my drunken stupor, we just blew past past, uh, an award. My match of the year is going to be Drew Parker versus Alex Colon. That was the unification of the... A big Japan deathmatch title and the GCW title. So, my friend, who is your MVP of the year? No, I'm sorry. I have the John Wayne Murdoch as my male of the year. 
Utami Hushita from Stardom for my female of the year MVPs and Drew Parker versus Alex Cologne. Who is your best match of the year and who is your MVP? Well, let's see. Match of the year. Hangman Page versus Kenny Omega. Probably is why, because there's reason for it. There's a huge build to it. And uh, let's see here. MVPs. I would like to say MVPs because, yeah. <clears throat> Court J, Carmelo Hayes, and Bianca Belair. And um, as far as, yeah, that's that's basically it for for me. And I'll tell you why. Look at Look at the stuff that you see. Kenny Omega and Hangman Page involved in. Hangman Page wins the Battle Royal. He, win, he earns the right to be the number one contender for Omega's title. Then you have the title match in Minneapolis, which culminated everything, and just was amazing. Reason for Bianca Belair, Carmelo Hayes, and Cora Jade. Bianca Belair has always been not the underdog, but she can really work a nerve. She can work a match. She's got it all. Carmelo Hayes can work a nerve, can work a match, can do it all. That's me. And there you have it. After a fantastic 2021. That's it, folks. That's it. We are taking some time off. We will see you at the beginning of the new year. We will see you New Year's Day or somewhere t- somewhere in be- in between. Just keep the list. Just keep your ear to the ground, and the new episode will drop. You got anything to add? If you want to download us on iTunes, you can do so for free, folks. Until we start charging. Just kidding. You can download us for free even when we become rich and famous. Yeah. <laughs> so. Download us the new year. Listen to us on iTunes for free. The next day it takes 24 hours to load. Two hours after the episode has been mastered on blogtalkradio.com. If you have any questions, comments, concerns, message this man directly on Instagram. I'm Pete Simpson. Also, you can message us both directly on Instagram at Wrestle underscore radio. On me directly on Twitter at underscore Brian Rails. On Twitter, on Facebook, Wrestle Radio Network forward slash Facebook.com. Happy New Year's, bitches. Happy early New Year's. Salute. All right. Bye, toodles, bitches. We got, you know, we got this thing called beauty rest, okay? And, you know, so, um, yeah. That does it. Hi, sorry. We interrupt this program for a special bonus footage. My last two words, best dress, Seth Rollins. Worst dress, Sonya Deville and Naomi. Just cuz. The cost of something I would be